Welcome everyone to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through his word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in the show today, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate every single one of you. And now let us begin. Well, my dear brothers and sisters, we are in part two of a two-part series on Are You Living in Denial? Last week, if you recall, we studied on how our words either show that we acknowledge Jesus Christ or that they deny Jesus. Today, we are looking at how our actions either acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord or deny him. The first sub point we're going to look at is acknowledge. Are you living in such a way that acknowledges that Jesus is your Lord, Master, and Savior? And now we're going to look at some very powerful Bible verses to show us if we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord. Let's look at 2 Timothy 2.12. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, If we endure, we will also reign with him. I'm going to pause there for a minute because the latter part of verse 12 is going to be spoken of later. So, how can our actions acknowledge Jesus Christ if we endure? I could speak on this for a long time. I'm not going to do that, but I will say by our actions, if we endure, we will also reign with him. And I, I just want to reflect and emphasize how gracious, compassionate, and how in awe I am of God that he would allow a sinner to reign with his son. I just, do you see why we must put Christ first? Do you see why in him that nothing else in this world matters? And I'm not saying that people don't matter. I'm not saying that your life doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But we put too much stock into worldly things that we lose out on on the foresight of what is to come. I mean, if you really stop and think about it for a minute, we are going to be spending possibly, if you're blessed, and it's God's will, 70, 80 years. That's just ballpark. That's the average. But how long are you going to spend in eternity? You're going to spend in eternity. So I, I think what we must do here is exactly what the Bible says. And that's why the Bible is good for all things. It's appropriate for all situations. 
because we must fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. We must set our minds on things above, as it says in the book of Colossians, which is really great because, hey, we just did a book study on Colossians. And that's in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Set your minds on things above, not on the things that are on earth. Friends, I'm here to tell you, set your minds on things above. Because if you are, guess what? You're going to endure. Because no matter what this life throws at you, no matter any illness, any sickness, any death, in Christ, with Christ, you will endure. You have a faith that has been given to you by God Almighty Himself. The Holy Spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives within you. And God has given us through His divine power all things that pertain to life and godliness. It is so crucial why we must remain in Scripture. Friends, if you are spending less than an hour a week in scripture, there's something wrong. And I'm here to tell you as a witness, as someone who's experienced this for myself, I was in that boat. I was in that boat of not reading scripture because I was too busy. I had things going on. I had other quote unquote priorities. And I'll tell you what, I was miserable. Yes, I was a Christian. Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ with all my heart. But boy, I was not devoted to his word. So it was a little bit sketchy there for a while. And I'm here to tell you that now, now I should be in the word a lot more, but now I'm in the words way more than I ever have been in my life. It has done so much for my sanctification. And I desperately want that for you. And yes, some of you listeners may not even know who I am. And I'll just say, who cares who I am? It doesn't matter who I am. The only one that matters is Christ. And the only thing I'm here to do is to preach and teach God's word accurately, without me in the way, so that you can be sanctified just as I am being sanctified. Because honestly, what you're getting from this show is my walk with the Lord. And it's not something that I'm bragging about or boasting about. I don't boast about those things. I just want to share what I get excited about, and I want to share it with you. Because we all are in this together. So wrapping up this First part of the subpoint here, the first scripture of are you living in denial, but are you acknowledging him? Are you enduring? When the tough times come, when the storms rise up, and when you're in the middle of that storm, are you crumbling? Have you set your foundation on the sinking sand? Have you built your house on that sinking sand? Because if you have, you will crumble 
under the trials of this life. The cares of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life will choke out any semblance of God's word in your heart. If that is of first importance to you. Everything in this world is going to fade away. It's going to pass on. It's going to pass away. But Jesus' words will never pass away. We must endure till the end. So when these tough times come, then that is when we need to be fully reliant and dependent on God's word. And moreover than that, trusting in the Lord to get us through these times. And I know I went on a little bit of a rant there, but maybe it's not just such a rant. It's an exhortation, I would say. But boy, we must, we must remain in Christ, which is ironic because that is our second piece of scripture. John 15, 4 through 5 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Simple question is, are you abiding in Christ? Are you remaining in him? Or when life seems to be unfair, are you grabbing your ball and going home? I don't want to play this game anymore. Jesus is not a genie to grant you your wishes. And when you are done with your wishes, you cast off to the side until you desperately need him again. And here we go again. Lord, I need you again. I mean, think about that for a minute. Just let's let's just slow down here a minute. Think of a family member or a real close friend. Picture that person in your mind right now. Maybe they're sitting next to you. Maybe they're a phone call away. Maybe you just text them. Think about them. One person who is closest to you. Could you imagine how you would feel if every interaction you've ever had with them, they've always wanted something and never talked to you until they needed something. Would you like that too much? Would you put up with that? Would you be patient with that? Would you love them for that? Probably not. You would feel like you're being used. You don't really love me. You don't really care for me. You don't really want to get to know me. You're just using me. But how much more so do we do that to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Ouch. 
Are you praying to him and just saying to him, Lord, I love you. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I just want to let you know that I desperately, desperately love you. That you are the most perfect person in all of creation. You're the most glorious, most beautiful, most wonderful. I have no idea why you even love me. I have no idea why you even chose me. I have no idea why you even created me. I am so unworthy to be called your son. Yet you still love me more than any other person on this planet could ever love me. All I want to do, Lord, is be obedient to your will, to love you with everything that I have in me. That's all I want, Lord. Have you ever prayed that kind of prayer? Stings, doesn't it? It does. Because for a while, I was just using the Lord. Tough times would come. I would drop to my knees in my room. I'd slam the door. Beg God for mercy and for help. And just like the amazing Savior that he is, he would answer and would deliver me. And I go right back to the garbage that I asked him to cast me out of. It's amazing, isn't it? So, <laughs> Jesus says very, very plainly in John 15, at the end of verse 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you're not bearing the fruits of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're not being pleasing to God. Because it brings glory to God the Father when we bear fruit. Are you bearing the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Are you bearing those fruits or not? That's not a complicated question. Yet people don't want to ask that question because we don't want to impose on people's feelings. I'm here to tell you, I don't care about your feelings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did he really just go there? Yes, I did. Because if I didn't care about your feelings, this is what I would say to you. You know what? You're perfect the way you are. God loves you for who you are. He doesn't want you to change. He loves you unconditionally. And he has this wonderful master plan for you. And he wants to help you fulfill all your dreams and just meet you where you are and just bless you. Bless you with health and wealth and prosperity. That should be a red flag in your brain right now. If you've ever listened to the show long enough, that is a red flag. You're like, whoa, 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 prosperity gospel. Don't do that to me, Nate. And I'm not going to do that to you. But if I didn't care about you, those are things I would say. And I guarantee you this. I would have way more listeners. If I compromise the word of God for the sake of listeners, oh, it'd be... I'd have this thing blown up like crazy. 
But you know what? Jesus only had 12 disciples. 11 minus Judas. But I think you see what I'm getting at. We must abide in Christ. We must remain in Him. And apart from Him, we can do nothing. We are attached to Him. And you know what happens? We detach ourselves from the vine. He doesn't detach us. We detach ourselves. So, let's look at the next passage of Scripture, which is Romans chapter 14, verses 6 through 8. Listen to this. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to God, and he who eats not, for the Lord he does not eat, and gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Wow, isn't that powerful? That's powerful. Our life that we live is no longer ours. What did we just read? In the beginning of verse 7, For not one of us, the true believers in Jesus Christ, not one of us lives for himself or herself. So whether we live or die, we live and die for the Lord. Is that your life? Is that my life? Now let's look at one of my favorite passages of Scripture, which I know you've heard me say that plenty of times. I know I don't have a clear-cut favorite. I mean, obviously John 14, 6 is my all-time favorite. So I guess... We'll have some little bit of leeway there. But I have many favorites, many go-tos, and this is one of them. Do you want to know if you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ? Do you want to know if you are living in denial or are you living in acknowledgement of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Because we're talking about by our actions now. Remember, we're talking about our actions. Are we living in denial by our actions? Now, our, here's how our actions can acknowledge Jesus Christ. Here it is. John 8, 31 says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, excuse me, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Truly disciples right there, my friends, in the Greek is mathetes alethos, which means the real deal. So, are you a true believer? Are you a true disciple of Jesus Christ? How do we know? Well, the second part of verse 31. If you continue in my word. This is Jesus talking. Are you continuing in my word? It sounds a lot like enduring, doesn't it? Are you in his word every day? Are you growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I mean, I'm asking some very hard questions. I'm throwing bombs, people. I'm throwing haymakers. And you know what? I'm throwing these at you because I've already thrown them at myself. 
I know what you're thinking. How can you throw them at yourself? Well, spiritual punches. I mean, these are just gut-wrenching, just hammer fist of God's word. I mean, I mean, it's it's powerful stuff. But you must ask those hard and difficult questions. You must look in the mirror. You must look within your heart and understand that nothing you do, nothing you do in the flesh will ever please God. And you look at yourself right now. Am I living in denial by my words? We already went through those. And am I living in denial by my actions? Because I'm saying these are the ways you acknowledge God. If you're not doing those things, guess what? You're living in denial by your actions. This is this is rough stuff here, people. This is not for the faint of heart. Continue in Jesus's teachings. Now, we're going to see how we can continue in those teachings. And this is a, another amazing verse, James 1.22. Listen to this. But prove yourselves doer of the word and not merely hearers who, powerful stuff here, delude themselves. Woo! I mean, that is powerful stuff. And, you know, we need to do a book study on the book of James because that is just powerful. So what we must do is be doers of the word, not merely hearers of the word. We must put it into practice. Now let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, which says, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Now, we can get lost in this scripture here, but what I'd like to share with you right now is the part where it talks about to obey Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to focus on. In obedience to him, that is what we are supposed to do. And how do you show God that you love him? By being obedient to his commands. And you can find that in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. But we must be obedient. And if your pastor is not preaching obedience to God and his word, then you have a serious problem. Two things that pastors don't talk about today, and if you pay attention closely, you will see that I am right. But two things that pastors don't talk about today, sin and obedience. Sin and obedience. So I want you to be faithful, obedient children. Now, am I saying that I am the best? No, by no means. But I honestly want to tell you right now that I have prayed to God that I would be more obedient. And I pray that that is your prayer as well. 
And so as we wrap up here with sub point number one on are you living in denial by your actions and the sub point being acknowledging him, we're going to end with Hebrews chapter five, verse nine, which says, and having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him, the source of eternal salvation. So is there any difference right now in what we're talking about? No, both of these are about obedience. And I'm trying to reemphasize the point here that it is crucial that we are obedient in our walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So just to kind of recap the acknowledgement part about our actions is we must endure. We must abide in Christ. We must live our lives fully for God. We must bear fruit. We must continue in his teachings. We must be doers of the word and we must be obedient. Those are the ways that we acknowledge God. And now let's look at, are you living in denial by your actions? So let's look at the denial part of it. Sub point number two, denial. The first piece of scripture we're going to look at is going back to 2 Timothy 2.12. And now we're going to look at the last part of verse 12, which says, If we deny him, he will also deny us. And let me just say something here. Some movies portray Christians, I would say not some, I'd say most. Let me change my wordage there. Most movies portray Christians as overbearing, judgmental, holier-than-thou, self-righteous people that are disgruntled and less happy than everybody else. And we may sometimes turn a blind eye to that. However, that is not accurate. Those people do exist, and I will just say those people, in my opinion, are not true Christians. And it's funny that the writers put those storylines in there and portray them as such because it justifies their sinful life and their disregard for the lordship of our true Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we're not going to be talking about my views on sitcoms and comedy sketches and TV shows. That's not what this is about. But when we act self-righteous, when we don't obey the word of God, when Jesus says that we must love our enemies, and yet by our actions we don't prove that to be so, or when people are persecuting us and we respond in anger and cuss them out. Or <laughs> when a person comes up to us and says to us, Hey, good morning. How are you? And the previous day, they had backbit us and talked a bunch of trash and, you know, the list goes on. And we say, oh, good, how are you? I'm so happy to see you today. And then as soon as they walk out of the door, 
You do the exact same thing. We deny God by our actions. And this is a whole other level of study. I know I've said this like three times. And I've used a lot of powerful scripture for this specific reason. But when people wrong us, are we quick to forgive? Are we willing to hug people and embrace them and tell them that they are forgiven? Or are we going to give in to that old self that wants retribution, that wants vengeance? Because we know that Jesus is our defense. And God Almighty himself says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So we must trust him. Because a punch that we throw, a swear word that we'll cast out of our mouth towards them, will pale in comparison to what God will do to them in hell. However, we must still love our enemies because you should never, never wish hell upon anybody. You should never wish and threaten them in such a way that God's wrath will be upon them. Because Jesus gave us one of the greatest examples, not just by dying on a cross, that, that supersedes them all, but one of the words he said on the cross which, interestingly enough, was a study we just did. And the words he spoke were, Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. And that is just amazing. And if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to the last words of Jesus Christ. Powerful stuff. But we deny him by our actions. So let's look at now Titus 1.16. It says, They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny him, being detestable and disobedient and worthless for any good deed. So it's not the people that profess belief in God. Because friends, family... Brothers and sisters and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let me just say this. Just because people wear cross necklaces and cross earrings and Christian t-shirts and have Christian decals on their cars does not make them a Christian. Some of the most unpleasant people have those things. They profess it but they don't possess it. They profess to have Christ in their hearts, but they don't truly possess him in their hearts. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to have it. But by their deeds, we deny him. So let's look at now Hebrews 10, 38. 
This is also another gut punch. It says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I mean, yikes. We live by faith. And if he shrinks back, if he shrinks back, people, I've been around people who've been Christians for a long period of time. And as time goes on, they stop coming to Bible studies. Church attendance becomes hit or miss. And before you know it, they show up on Christmas and Easter. Then they stop coming to Christmas and Easter. And you bump into them at the supermarket. And you say, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. Where have you been? Oh, I've been, I've been busy. I've been busy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we should catch up. So you go to catch up. And come to find out their life has done a complete 180 back to the world. Asking you if it's okay to have sexual relations with a person outside of marriage. And upon giving them that answer, absolutely no, they storm off in protest. The person that used to be a biker, used to be a roughhouser, used to be a regular bar hopper, turned the life over to Christ, got clean, got away from that, shrunk back, and now they are there more than they are their house. Now, am I talking about specific people here? No, I'm not. I'm just giving you just examples that have rolled off my head. I've had people in my life that have done similar things to that. People I used to look up to at times. And now, they shrunk back. And this warning <laughs> is so terrifying. God says, my soul has no pleasure in him or her. So, you better be careful. But see, he gives us his word to help us never to shrink back. We must let the word of Christ richly dwell within us, and we must continue in his word. If we do those things, we will never shrink back. If we're obedient to God, obedient to Jesus Christ, obedient to the gospel, we won't shrink back. It is a relentless pursuit. There are no days off. There's no, I'm too tired, so I can't go to church. There's no, well, I'm busy this week. I can't read God's word. Those are just human, fleshly excuses. And I'm at a point in my life, my dear brothers and sisters, where I am so sick of excuses over and over and over again. 
And honestly, it really boils down to, do you love God or not? If you love God, you obey him. If you love God, you won't step out of his word and disobey. Now, let me just say this. I'm not saying that in a conceited manner. I'm not saying that there are sins that we don't struggle with because I struggle with sin every single day. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just really tired of people making excuses. And what I'm really finding disheartening today is that just no one has any desire for God at all. Like hardly anybody I've met. People are just living life or I even say they're even using God as a means to their own end. We got a God thing going on here. And I got news for you. It's more than that. Christ must be our life. So we must not shrink back. We must not shrink back. Romans 10.3, next point here, is very powerful in, in many different ways, but in one way in specific that people are doing today. The third verse says, For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. If you are seeking to establish a righteousness on your own, you are placing yourself on the throne of God. And let me just say this. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as dethroning God. He will never be dethroned. Never. And forever. Never will. But we want him to by our actions. We try to seek to establish a righteousness on our own. <laughs> Look at the churches that are outside the true church. That's what they all are. It's all works-based. Any false religion out there is all works-based. There's only one true church, and it's so rare to find. It's not exploding. The little G God of this age, Satan, the little G God of this world, has blinded people to the truth. And you know what? Having a workspace system is great for a lot of people because, hey, you can do it on your own. You can get to heaven by another way other than Jesus Christ. There's another way to get there. And guess what? You can do it on your own. Just be a good person. Well, <laughs> the problem with that is if you read the Bible at all, it says that there is not one that is good. No, not one. There's not one that seeks after God. But we don't subject ourselves to the righteousness of God. And what does that mean? We don't subject ourselves to Christ. We don't surrender to his lordship because that, my friends, through Jesus Christ and Christ alone, are we made righteous before God. That's it. Again, I use it all the time. I'm going to use it here as we start to wrap up. 2 Corinthians 
5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. It doesn't get any plainer than that. It says for not knowing about God's righteousness. So we, we discredit that. We read these Bible stories and, you know, we don't spend too much time studying them, but we read them and it makes us feel good. Oh, you can't, don't judge people. We must tolerate everybody. We must be all loving, all graceful, all compassionate. Oh, sure, we can have a homosexual preacher. It's God is love. Oh, yeah, 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 we can, we can marry homosexuals in our church. And the world will tell you that that's right. And I know if this gets out there, it, this is going to be canceled. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. And I'm not just bashing on homosexuals. Listen, it, whatever you want to do behind closed doors, that's your business. That's your business. But understand this. If you ask me, you better not be upset when I give you the answer because I'm coming at you not with Nate's beliefs, but what God's word says. It's He says it's wrong. He says it's a sin against him. You ain't sinning against me. I, I don't care what you do. But I do care when you start coming at me, asking me, Nate, what does the Bible say about this? And I'm not just talking about them. I'm talking about people who, who steal, extort, do things illegally, dishonest gain. The list goes on and on and on. Abusive relationships, all these things. There's people in the church in leadership for crying out loud. That, man, they come to church and they put on the fancy suit and the tie and the good, good, you know, nice hair and, you know, really nice expensive watch. And, man, they just got the eloquent words and they even cry when they're doing a communion meditation. Whoa, they must be super spiritual, Nate. Wow. Yet come to find out. They have anger issues to the point where they're beating their wife. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, you are not legit. That disgusts me. Yet you see it all the time. You see it all the time. And why does those do those things happen? Because we deviate from the holy word of God. So as we conclude, this study could have been a lot longer, but the main point is the fact that it goes back to our question, are you living in denial of Christ by either your words or actions? Most people profess Christ, but by their actions and words, it seems as if they don't possess him in their hearts. Once Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit indwell a person, a new creature will emerge via transformation from the inside out by the work of the Holy Spirit. This transformation comes through the Holy Spirit working through the Word in your hearts. This doesn't come through experiences and emotions that we concoct from our own inner deceptions. So it all goes back to it. Are you living in denial? Or are you living 
in such a way that acknowledges Jesus Christ as your Lord, Master, and Savior, and that you are a new creation, a new creature in Jesus Christ. So, these last two episodes are pretty clear-cut and concise. We must all look in the mirror and ask ourselves, are we living denial? Or are we living in such a way that acknowledges Jesus Christ? By our words and our actions. And so now, as we conclude, I want to share with you one thing before we end today, that God willing, next week, we are going to start, and I'm really excited about this, a brand new book study series on the book of Philippians. I am super excited for this. I will just share with you a little bit of a sneak peek preview and it happened a few weeks ago because i pre-recorded this so it, it was about two three weeks ago and i was listening to some instrumental music in the background and i was going through a section in Philippians, and I'm not going to tell you which section it was in. I'll say that for the actual book study series episodes, so you'll catch that, God willing, later. But my eyes were welling up on me as I was writing this section, and I'm telling you right now, wow. Wow. And I had been working on these last few episodes here pretty much since the beginning of season four and these are all episodes that and studies that i i don't want to say i came up with but i felt god you know leading me to write these and i'll tell you what going back to the book studies and going back to the studying of those just awesome just awesome and maybe someday I'll have a time where I'll share with you how I study throughout things. And trust me, I'm not the best. But it's been so edifying and so beneficial for my soul in this manner of studying that I just, I really want that for you. So I appreciate every single one of you, let me just say this. We are worldwide people. You have brothers and sisters listening to this show that are from different states and different countries. And to you that are listening in the States, I am so appreciative of you and thank you for your devotion, not to me, but to God's word. And to you, brothers and sisters who are in different countries around the world, uh, I send my greetings to you, and uh, I'm humbled that you're listening. I, I appreciate you so much. And you know, our paths may never cross until we reach heaven. And I will actually look 
so forward to that moment where I get to meet you in heaven. So whoever you are that listens around the world, write into the show. I would love to talk to you. And if you're in the States, I'd love to talk to you as well. Remember, write into livingparablestruth at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if that's not your thing, then you know what? That's all right, too. But what an amazing journey this has been. And I'm so grateful that you have been so faithful and with me through this time. We're living in some crazy times, but God is for certain. He's the only thing that is certain. He is in control. And I'm just so glad that we're saved in Christ Jesus. Amen? All right. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. And until next time, God bless you, my friends.